All right, well, Zico, thank you for so much for coming on, making the time to come on to our podcast. Um, you want to just start off just kind of describing to anyone who's watching or listening how your journey was to becoming who you are now, what you're doing now, because you are a certified Newman Metabolic Coach, am I correct? And you also have expertise with nutrition and dieting as well as just training the body and mind as well. Yes, yes. So no, thank you, Alec. Thank you for that. Yeah, so really it started because I've been fit almost all my adult life. In fact, when I moved to US, I was 16 and I started working out, I think it was about 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's on and off, you know, it is when you're young, you build some muscle, then you get lazy, then you stop, you know, but you know, it kind of in and out kind of thing, but I was always semi fit, you know, and whenever I went back, I would lose weight, get a six pack, look fantastic, feel great. But man, I wasn't healthy. Okay. And <laughs> Yeah. I, I never understood that. Like, you know, at first it never really touched me because you're young. You feel like you can move the world. You know, if I mm. work out and eat some Popeyes, I'll be all right. You know, yeah. I still have my, my abs and I'm good. You know, I'm in my twenties. Dirty but my abs, <laughs> pretty much. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just dirty bowls. You know, it's, that's just how we do. But I, 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 my asthma got really bad. My um, allergies got really bad. My blood pressure was out of control. One time, uh, when I went to the doctor, they, they took my blood pressure and the nurse looked at me and said, you might need to quit your job because you, <laughs> see, you should not be this high. Man, this oh, is someone who's, who's in shape, who's fit, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, eczema was flaring up. Um, it was just a host of problems. And even though most of those things, my doctor never put me on prescription on for my age, they did have me on medication for my asthma. So I was taking the albuterol at first, the, the, the asthma pump. Mm-hmm. And then the last, it got, it still getting, kept getting worse and worse, especially the pollen count was high. I would go outside. Oh, okay. Can't, can't breathe. Um, I'd have to go home, lay on the couch for like hours, you know, just couldn't function because, uh, my, because my, I'll get dizzy. I can, you know, my asthma is messing with me. And uh, the last time I went to, not last time now, but when I went to the doctor to say, hey, something, I don't know what's happening. I'm getting worse. I'm not getting any better. They moved me to three medications because the doctor said the issue was my allergies. Mm. And this is when I was in my 30s. And the doctor says my allergies and what's happening, my allergies is actually triggering my asthma. Okay. So the pollen, when the pollen count gets bad, my body is not responding well to it, which is triggering my asthma. But I needed to know more. So I asked the doctor, I said, well, is there something I can do nutrition-wise, health-wise to like to get better? And he was like, well, you know, you can try eating healthier, but he didn't really give me an answer. Mm-hmm. And of course, that was enough for me. And what triggered me was he put me on pills for it. See, he moved from one medication to three and he had me on pills. I don't even know what the name of it is. And I, I hate pills, period. Okay. So that triggered me to go, all right, I have to do something like this. This doesn't make sense. There has to be a reason why this is happening. So I started reading and the first, this is before I had any certifications. And I picked up a book by uh, Dr. Stephen Gundry called The Plan Paradox. Mm. And he, uh, first time I ever heard about leaky gut. Right. And he was talking about the gut permeability and, you know, lectins and, you know, preparation of foods. And I was a little skeptical, you know, just I was just brought up that way. <laughs> so I'm like, OK, is he trying to sell or is this a real thing? But let me make a few adjustments. You know, at that time, I'm semi um, educated in nutrition because I've been eating and working out all my life. And something miraculous happened. I started feeling better. Mm-hmm. My. Uh, as my, my uh, allergies was getting better, my, I was breathing better. I'm like, okay, there has to be some truth to this. Right. Okay. 
So I started making more adjustments and more adjustments over time. Started listening to podcasts. I started following guys like uh, Ben Greenfield, Sean Stevenson, reading every book that that um that I thought was helpful. And it wasn't just nutrition books. It was about um um dopamine, um mm. about mental health, and and uh, our, when of course we got into the gut, and then I was I read whatever I could, and I was getting better and better and better. And um you know because basically became a biohacker. <laughs> but doing <laughs> doing this journey, I started. Uh, I wanted to train. I said I didn't. I need to help other people because I'm starting to feel so great. But a lot of people don't know these things, so they see what I can do. So the first thing I did was, I got certified as a personal trainer, and then I um I started studying nutrition while I was doing that, mm. and um, and I was training people. I started to realize that we just don't know anything when it comes to health and nutrition, mm -hmm. yeah. even with weight loss. Like we really think, oh, let's just cut my calories and I'll be fine, which is what I thought for a long time. That doesn't work. I, I, I mean, medically and scientifically, it does work. But the, the psychology behind it is just going to fuck you up because you, you will relapse at some point. And not only that, it's, it works temporarily, but it's not sustainable. Mm. It works um, for the short term goal of like mm. losing weight or losing fat it doesn't get you healthy i've i've spoken about this on, on on this show on a couple occasions i i did keto for like five months and it it's it really helped my weight loss and my energy levels were good but it came to a point where i started feeling like that i'm missing something in my in my day-to-day -day life something isn't right and so i just got off of it again and I, i've made I, like i've kept the weight off which is a, which i'm really happy about but yeah I, I imagine that happens a lot people get onto like fat diet and then Right. And I tell, I'd have told my clients, if, if your plan is just to cut your calories and, uh, and exercise, why are you paying me? Yeah. <laughs> right. So Th that's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And I got to that point to where I, I wanted to learn more and more and more. So I could, I studied nutrition and I got into transformation specialist and I, uh, even started studying, um, exercise therapy, corrective exercise, DNA based coaching, to them how to train people based on their DNA. I mean, it took me a while to get all these, of course. Mm -hmm. Weight management specialists. And I recently just added Lumen, which I'll talk about later because they reach out to me and talk to me about sure. metabolic coaching. And uh, over the years, I have to say that I've, I've, people who come to me say, I don't even think of you as a trainer because the things that you discuss, the most trainers don't talk about most trainers just want to try to work you out but you look at the whole thing and not just mm -hmm. nutrition you look at mental health and that's where the transformational piece come in right look at the mental health piece you look at physically the things that i'm doing if i'm compensating why am i compensating if i need to if i had an injury you're actually able to help me with getting my like i worked with a guy the other day, one of my clients who fell off his bike mm -hmm. and his uh he screwed up his uh he had surgery on his um on his tricep, right? Mm. I forgot what my tricep is for a second. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, on his tricep. And uh, I've been working with him to get that tricep back to strength, right? So I like the fact that when a client comes to me, I can give them what they need. Yeah, there's niches and I have my niche. My niche is weight management. Mm. However, their weight management by itself is, is not a standalone. There's so many things that can come into that realm. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that I was fully certified in as many areas so I can bring you into, I can give you all the things that you need. And hence the matter over mind experience, which I'm recently rebranding from the Zico Health show, because my podcast 
I talk about ways to improve our physical body so you can operate better, so you can think clearer, so you can have more energy, so you can feel more optimal in life. Because if you give, and I've interviewed doctors that have seen said this before, if you give your physical body what it needs, your body will give you signs that it's changing. All you have to do is to listen to it and continue to give it what it needs and you will get better and better. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's another thing that I kind of find with most people is that they don't listen to their body. And if, even mm-hmm. if they do, they misread what it's telling them. Absolutely. Yeah. And so now it becomes to be, it starts to become a detriment to their health because yeah. not only are they not listening, but if they are listening, then they're misinterpreting what it's actually saying. They don't, they're not getting enough rest because if they think, oh, I just need to do more of this. No, exactly. Your body's going to need to do less. So Alec and I were uh, speaking about this before you, you hopped on the uh, Zoom here. I had a really like almost scary experience on Monday because um, my life has changed over the past year. I've gotten now into a pretty physically demanding job. I have a second job that's also physically demanding and I'm still doing my uh, gym routine. And one of my newfound hobbies is also I, I basically work on cars in my free time and as enjoyable as that is, it, it does take a toll on your body being underneath stuff, carrying stuff, moving stuff around. Um, and on Monday after work, I had like this, I don't want to call it a seizure cause it wasn't, but like, I just came out of the shower and I noticed that my body started trembling and like my hands were like beginning to like cramp up and stuff. And so I realized that like, dude, I got to take it easy for a little bit here. I need to sort of step back a little bit, put the intensity down and it's work, you know, <laughs> Right, because you can't, you can't will your way to that, you know, yeah. which is where a lot of us screw up. I've had people say to me, after my brother said this to me and I corrected him, he's like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, you're going to die quicker than you're supposed to yeah. because you can't will your way to good health. Yes, mental yes. health is yeah. important, but if you're physically healthy, it's easier to be mentally healthy. Another yeah. example is, if some, when, when someone go um, work with a psych, um, psychologist, for example, right, they usually prescribe uh, the um, medication that improves serotonin production, mm-hmm. right? Where, seroto- where is most serotonin produced? In like your sleep. gut. Oh, 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 that, right? yeah. mm-hmm. So again, the physical piece of it, right? We also sleep is a part of it too, definitely. Yeah. Correct. The physical aspect of it. So if you physically give your body what it needs, then mentally you'll be clear and you'll be able to function better. Mm-hmm. But you, but if you're struggling, like in your case, you can't will your way. Say, you know what? I, ha- I have to do this. I'm looking to grip my teeth and keep going and will my way to getting things done. You're, you're, you're basically asking for an earlier grave at that point. Absolutely. You know, the, I, I think that was a really clear sign from my body that the past few months have been a little bit too much and that it's time to put the intensity down a bit. And so I... Yeah. <laughs> If I was a bit younger, knowing myself, I would probably be like, ah, whatever, you know, I'll just, I'll just continue. But I, I listened this time and I was like, okay, you know, still going to go to the gym, but it's going to be less weight and it's going to be less intensity and more time to rest and just, you know, taking things a little bit more easy, coming home and maybe, maybe not working on the car every day and just sort of, you know, two or three times a week and just sort of dialing everything down again. Definitely. I do the same with my guitar. Sometimes I have to put it down because I yeah. like um, when I, I just get into the groove and I want to play like every day all the time. But, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not paid to play guitar, so I'm paid to make wonderful content for the people out there in the in the podcast world. Yeah, sure. So, you know, sure. <laughs> that's what I really have to focus on. But. So um, I'm really curious to know, especially considering that you've worked with uh, 
what I assume many clients, what are some of the most common, because what, what you've described sounds to me like you take physical and mental health and fitness and weight loss, you, you approach it holistically. You, you look at the whole picture versus just looking at your caloric intake, at your, your, your physical uh, exertion levels, blah, blah, blah. What are some of the most common issues that you have, that, that you have observed that have stood out to you as sort of like, this seems to be more than just an individual issue, but more of like an issue that has been programmed into people by society or because of the culture or whatever. I have to separate that into male and female. Okay, sure. I'm not, yeah. I'm not being sexist, everyone. I'm not being sexist. I, that's perfect. You know. <laughs> that has a biological background, <laughs> I, I imagine. So on the male side, um, males, we are more lifters, more usually, right? And uh, what I usually come, what I usually encounter with males is we will sacrifice form to lift more mm. because our mindset is if I can lift more, I can build more muscle. And we both know that's nonsense. Um, I mean, yes, you need to increase your weight and you need progressive overload. I'm not saying that's not true. But if you're lifting with improper form, then that's when it becomes nonsense. And that's also how you hurt yourself. And I've had a lot of people come to me and say, oh, you know, my neck hurts or you know, my knee hurts or, and I look at just even how they walk and I'm like, yeah, you, you, you're walking on your knees, literally, like you don't have a complete gait or they try to, um, you know, or just how they lift because they try to get that extra weight up and they'll bounce, bounce the ball, up, the, the bar off their chest, just trying to get it up to the top. And I'm like, well, are my you favorite strong? Thing, my favorite thing in the gym is that back that starts to arch yeah. as, the, <laughs> as the weight gets more and more, the back starts to arch more and more. I'm like, dude, just, just like take, take one or two plates off and just do the form right. And then in three weeks, you'll be where you are now, but with good form, just take it easy, man. Just to, right. <laughs> Because at that point, you're training the muscles that you're supposed to be training, not the muscles you're not supposed to be training. Yes, they are there for stability, yeah, but they're not a main part of the workout. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and someone said to me the other day, it was a while back, but I was doing my, my one rep max. And uh, no, it wasn't one rep, it was five reps, actually. Mm. And he said to me at the end of the workout, I said, you know, if you went faster, you could lift more weight. Because I do a slow progression mm -hmm. down and up, right? And, I, and of course, you, you, both, you both know I do that for a certain reason. And he said, if you go faster, you could do certain weight. I said, yeah, but I'm not in a strongman competition. I'm here. I'm training and I want to train my muscles correctly. Yep. Right. So, um, so that's where the male comes in is that we get, we get too much into lift, 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 mm -hmm. and, you know, do whatever we can. And then I've had people say to me, I'm injured. I'm, no, I, I have these ailments because I've been lifting all my life. I said, no, you have these ailments because you've been lifting incorrectly all correctly. your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, the females. <laughs> is kind of opposite we we not all females are like this but just in general uh, i find more females are cardio endurance trainers mm. and they kind of shy away from trip from lifting because they feel like you make him look like a man masculine um, yeah. yeah yeah and i tell them that that's 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 nonsense that's nonsense. uh and even for even for a male we have to work hard to build true lean muscle not talking about cardiac and smooth yeah. muscle but actual skeletal muscle it's, mm. it's not something that happens like that and where 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 females go wrong is if you don't build lean muscles you get older that can actually uh, accelerate the aging process because yes. we've heard about sarcopenia right yes. it loss of muscle as we age so building lean muscle can help with slowing down that aging process i'm not saying you got to go in the gym and you know bench press 200 pounds that's what i'm saying 
but you need to have strength. I think everyone, male or female, strength training should always be the base of their workout. And then they add in yoga, then you add in some cardio, you add in some endurance, you add in some high intensity. But strength training should be, if you can, at a minimum four to five days a week. And then mm. you add in other things to help you so you can be holistically fit and healthy. Absolutely. I big agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a big foundation that everyone can kind of stem from. Because if mm. you don't have that, then you're kind of screwed in terms of what else you want to do with your health. That's, yes. that's true. I also like the point that you brought up with um, sort of you're in the gym, especially if you're not competing in a strongman competition or you're you're not a professional athlete for most of us as average joes we're in the gym just to be fitter and what i mean by fitter is me i mean just like being able to go about your daily life in the healthiest and fittest way possible which for me i at some point i just sort of like it clicked in my head in my head and i was like why do i even deadlift in the gym because I don't compete in anything that requires me to like be be able to to, to deadlift in insane amounts of weight. My job doesn't really require it. So I'm sort of just wearing down my back for an unnecessary reason just because it's a good workout. And like I'm not saying that deadlifts aren't aren't a good workout because they absolutely are, right? But I just substituted that with other back workouts that are easier for me because I just know too many people who have fucked up their backs doing deadlifts. And for me, that's an unnecessary risk going in yep and uh, and that's and we would deadlifts too and that's not thing that comes down to form True. is or yeah. um is you know people will sacrifice form just so they can deadlift more yeah well, which, that's silly that's really bad <laughs> exactly and i like to say that i drop my weight a lot so i can train with proper form and what that does i'm actually more sore the next day mm. than if i lift heavy in fact if i lift heavy with bad form Things will hurt that are not supposed to hurt. Yep. Absolutely. But, if I, but when I drop the weight and do and train with proper form, then the parts of my body that's supposed to be sore are actually so they don't hurt, but they're actually yeah. sore. Yep. And I feel like you feel stronger, even if you're doing less weight than what you were doing mm -hmm. before, or what other people are doing, just because you are actually doing it correctly. And then your body has that foundation of, oh, we're developing things holistically. We're doing things yeah. correctly. Now we have a good foundation of what our core strength is. And so you feel stronger. Zico, I'm, yeah. sure you can, I'm sure you can confirm this, but like, I think a lot of people have that aha moment when they move from like the isolated workout machines to like free weights. And if they do the transition properly and they don't start out with too much weight, moving dumbbells and barbells and kettlebells, they'll notice that their strength increases so quickly because now you're also incorporating stabilizing muscles and stuff and you're taking it slow and allowing them to catch up. But again, that lower weight, it does wonders for your strength because you're actually taking the bigger picture instead of just one little muscle group. Yeah, definitely. I see that uh, a lot. In fact, I, I do combine uh, machines with free weights. Mm. Of course, I think most of us do, but I definitely do see people have the aha moment if, yeah. they, if they do do it correctly. I've seen the other side where people mm. think, oh, you know, I'm curling 50 pounds, you know, and I've seen guys that are strong enough to do that, but yet they're, they're all over the place, you know, when they yeah. do it. That classic, and, like, like, like back lift with the curl. Yeah. Right. I'm like, are you, is, is that a back workout? Is that yeah. an arm workout? I'm confused <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm completely lost. It might look great, but yeah, 
is that really what you need to accomplish? I'm going to do 20 pounds less with proper weight and yeah. go about here and do my own thing. But and guess what? Yeah. Your, your biceps are going to be stronger and bigger in like eight weeks time, probably than the other dudes. So <laughs> now that you said that, I want to highlight something as well about um because they've been and there's been research on this, but not just research, but we know from being in the field that you can have a larger muscle, mm. but that muscle doesn't perform as well. Yeah. So there is muscle size and there's muscle strength, muscle performance, right? Mm. And a lot of times I find in, I've worked individuals who are bigger than me physically, but they have poor muscle performance. And I want mm. people to really pay attention to that because if, if, if you have poor muscle, if, if you're twice my size and you're, let's say you're benching 20, 30, 40 pounds more than me, compared to the size, my muscle performance is a lot better. I'm actually stronger. True. Same thing with a female. A female's half your size and she's 150 pounds and she's benching, I don't know, 150 or so. And you're 250 and you're benching 200. You're not benching 100% of your body weight. Yeah, that's true. She's benching 100% of her body weight. She has better muscle performance. And I want people to really think about that. It's not just about the size of your muscle, but muscle performance is very important, especially when we're talking about increasing lean muscle and mm. getting stronger over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And an important part of, you know, like your physicality and your health is also your mind muscle connection as well. It's the Mm. mental aspect of it too. And what I like about looking at your body of work, what you do with your clients is that not only take the physicality and nutrition aspect of it, but you also combine it with science as well as your client's mental uh, mentality as well. So what would you say to people who are kind of skeptical of that idea of how important the mind is? when it comes to even just your physicality as your health pertains? I would say one, talk to, if you know anyone that's been in the, in the, been working out for a while, who's healthy. Um, and I would not say healthy, I mean, actually healthy, who has a good energy, who performs well, you know, and ask them, how do you, how do you do it? And they will tell you that the importance of other habits like uh, sleep, Mm-hmm. Uh, the importance of uh, having positive energy in their lives, um, the you know the importance of uh, spending time with people that they care about, or having good conversations, or you know they'll talk about their diet and how important their diet is, and how actually when they eat better, they feel better. So you know, talk to someone who's been doing it for a long time. They'll tell you. I, yesterday I was in the gym, and at the end of my workouts, for I usually do a, I like a, exhaustion set right mm-hmm. to push myself to failure and the guy was helping me uh, i never seen him before but he was like kind of working out by me he was helping me he was uh spotting me right mm-hmm. and they had a conversation after i after I, we finished we started talking and he was like i'm you tell me i'm about to be 40 he's about to be uh yeah i think he was 48 or 49 mm-hmm. and he was talking about how this nonsense of oh by the time you hit 40 you know, everything gets bad and, you know, you, 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 your, your neurotransmitters are messed up, your hormones are screwed up, all this stuff or whatever. He's like, I've been building lean muscle even past 40. And I told him, I said, I'm approaching 40 and I'm still building lean muscle because of the things that I do. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how that every time he he has been since um, working on his health, everything that he's done has made it easier for him to keep going. It's, it's, it's helped him to perform better and be sharper 
things that used to bother him don't even bother him anymore because it's and then when you eat right as well when you eat right how he how how much has helped him in in his life so so anyone who who really has any questions about their body mind connection just talk to somebody who's done it for a while and they will tell you more than even probably more than what i'm telling you right now yeah because they work in tandem don't they yeah i mean you can argue one does more for the other but at the end it it becomes a very symbiotic relationship and where your physicality does benefit from your mental health and vice versa it just takes that time dedication and discipline to train yourself to the point where both of them are equally benefiting from each other yeah, I think I people agree. forget that at the at the end of the day, the like if you look at your body as sort as sort of a, a, a machine, then your physical body is what carries out the stuff that your brain or your mind, in this sense, is 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 ordering. And so, if there is a poor connection between the thing that is just making making the decisions and the thing that is carrying out the decisions, well, it's not going to work properly, right? And so you have to you have to train and make sure that that connection works as best as it can and we have to understand about that biology of it all too lost my words there we got to understand the biology of it all right so you know because we know that the the brain um doesn't necessarily it's more like uh it's like a manager mm. right it's like a manager job it delegates so when you are let's say for example your neurotransmitters are functioning well your hormones are functioning well your brain then as you actually delegates to different parts of your body, what it's supposed to be doing. So there is a connection there. Yes. Right. However, if you're, if you're, if you're not eating well, you're not taking care of yourself, then it makes it harder for the brain to do its job. And you can't will your way through that. Right. You can't say, okay, well, I'm going to eat like crap, but I'm going to just going to feel amazing and operate at Mm -hmm. the highest level. Nobody does that. You talk to Elon Musk, even though they're not necessarily into fitness, but you talk to, Elon Musk and um, just, you know, people who've been doing great things, even like Sean Stevenson, Ben Greenfield, those guys, they will tell you that they, there are things that they have to do to themselves physically to be able to operate on the level that they do so they can give their mind or their brain the, uh, the, uh, what, what it needs so it can delegate and perform its job. So there is definitely a connection there. Absolutely. I agree. Um, pertaining to that, because sort of something that I've discovered on my personal journey with fitness and nutrition. And like, I would be really interested to hear your perspective on this, especially because you are qualified in the field. What my opinion is that sort of the standard Western diet that we follow here in Europe and that is prevalent in the States as well is kind of, it's detrimental to a lot of the fitness and just overall health goals that a lot of people have inertly, right? living longer, having good cardiovascular health, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Have you, or do you, do you think the same way or, or is it different for you? I think uh, the same way, 100%. But I also think that we need to just stop talking about diets, period. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And because unless you are an athlete, uh, I've dieted because, you know, if I'm getting ready for a race or Mm. something, right. Or, or if you, let's say you're a bodybuilder, which are technically still athletes, right? Sure. You have to diet Absolutely. to get to a certain body fat. That makes sense. Yeah. For the regular Joe Schmo out there, why are you dieting? Mm. Like you're supposed to be making changes so you can live longer, be healthier. These should be long-term things. Dieting for athletes are always short-term. That's bodybuilders true. gain weight in the off season. They drop weight, gain close season. 
athletes eat different in the off season than they do in the on season during the season, right? Mm. What season are you preparing for? <laughs> True. <laughs> right. True. Yeah. So the, the the first thing that we need to stop just thinking about diets altogether. And also when when and when did we become all become biochemists? Because mm. everybody is thinking about how <laughs> much, how much macro, how many macros are, I mean, I'm sorry, how many fat is in this and how mm. many carbs are in this and how many, when did we stop having a relationship with food? And just all mm. of a sudden everybody became a biochemist, mm. right? Yeah. Um, you know, food is food, enjoy food, eat good, healthy food and enjoy it. So the first thing we got to think about with the standard American diet, I call it sad. Mm. Um, standard American diet, right? Sad. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> is we need to start looking at okay, what's screwed up with how I'm eating, mm. and how can I make adjustments? Now that's not even that's even before I'm talking about macros. Sure, I'm talking about is your food um, eating food that was sprayed with uh, glyphosate, mm. um, you know, GMO. Um, you know, are you eating foods that has ingredients that I can't even pronounce? Sure. Right. Foods that are he um, heavily processed. Exactly. Am I eating the way I'm supposed to be? Like one of the things that I usually talk my new clients on is depending on if I might do, the, I might put them on short-term keto, but that's a different conversation. But mm -hmm. sometimes what I'll do is I'll start them have them increase um, plant foods in their diet. Mm -hmm. Because I've had, <laughs> I, I, I believe that the most humans should have at least 30 different species of plant foods in their diet a week. Oh, now, okay. it may sound a little bit crazy, but it's, it's not just from what you eat. It's from spices. Sure. Okay. That mm -hmm. you drink supplements, you take, mm -hmm. um, maybe some juices, depending on you drink fruits, vegetables, nuts, mm -hmm. uh, peppers. I see what know, you're saying. It's right? yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so the initial statement is a little bit shocking, but then once you break it down, it makes sense. You're, you're eating a bunch or, you're using a bunch of plants to contribute to your health. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That, that makes sense. Be yeah. Because we have a lot of evidence now that explains that we need to have a diverse microbiome. Yes. Um, a diverse yeah. gut environment. How do you have a diverse gut environment? Not by taking prebiotics and probiotics, mm. not saying those are bad, but probiotics usually have certain strains, right? Mm. Yeah. If, if your body will naturally, for most of us, our bodies will naturally create a diverse bacteria if we feed it a diverse array of plants. Mm. That's interesting. Mm. And I'm going to get into this later, or if you want me to get into it now, I can, but that's my, one of my issues with the carnivore diet or the keto diet mm. on a long-term basis. Because yeah. you, and let me know if you want me to get into it later, if you want me to get into yeah, that sure. now. Okay. So. Wait, sorry. Being... Could I just interrupt re real quick? Um, speaking on keto, I'm still, and I only did it for like six months, but I'm still dealing with gut problems that have followed me since doing keto. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, and that's, that, that's more than a year ago now. So yeah. My, still, mind I'm if I ask on. what those are? Um, I have, I have problems digesting foods that now that I didn't have before. And I have especially big problems digesting a lot of plant foods. Um, I'm trying to like get back to a healthy gut biome by slowly introducing more green foods into my diet because now that i'm off keto and starting to like eat more salads and stuff um i'm it's getting better but i still have issues with loose stools and uh also digesting fat has become difficult for me um uh, yeah oh interesting sorry so yeah so with that being said i'm gonna 
take that conversation sure yeah in okay. that in that in that in that route then right so let's say i have a client that i think they should be on keto right um so what i do is i i i may put a client on keto because they um they don't they don't prop break down fat very well mm-hmm. right um so that may be a reason why you may need to be on keto however with that being said i'm not a fan of keto long term mm-hmm. reason why is because keto is a backup fuel for the body mm-hmm. and we know this right so because because keto is a backup fuel for the body you can, we can use keto when we need to use keto but not always mm-hmm. however and um and by the way before i say this i'm not giving any medical advice i'm not giving any dietary advice no worries, general yeah. information yeah. go out and do your own research we always put that disclaimer in, in the description uh, on spotify and on youtube just so that people know you know unless a qualified medical doctor is speaking about something that it's not actually metal, medical advice for an individual person so go ahead yeah. no worries so i think people should be smart enough to know that this yeah. is a podcast not yeah. like an official health kind of thing <laughs> yeah. exactly well you, you would hope right yeah. Uh, um, you would, yeah you would hope so this is my 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 take on keto our ancestors were in ketosis in colder weather and colder months usually mm-hmm. that's what they had access to right in warmer weather however and that's why we talk about eating seasonally what grows more mm. vegetables well not vegetables, but fruits uh, highly sugary foods right so being in a state where you're in temporary ketosis in colder weather and that could usually doesn't last very long depending on where you live but then you can be out of ketosis in warmer weather so it's like keto cycling Mm-hmm. That allows your body to do a couple of things. One, create more um, enzymes to break down, so like lipase mm-hmm. to break down fat, to break down fat very well. You might be on a higher protein diet, so your body will create more protease to break down protein as well. Sure. Even though it may downregulate some of your amylase. However, mm-hmm. when you start to cycle in carbs later on, especially as the weather starts to get warmer, then your body will then keep creating amylase as well. So then now you're creating a, a, an environment where your body has sufficient protease, lipase, and amylase, so you have a flexible metabolism. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so when you are in keto all the time, you're limiting your body's ability to break down carbs because our bodies are um, very uh, efficient. Sometimes some may even say lazy. Mm. And doesn't like to do anything unnecessary. And it's like, okay, you're not going to feed me carbs. I don't, I don't need, need to have the ability. Yep. Mm. Right, exactly. Yep. And other enzymes. Their research, I've had people send me of uh, places where they've been on like high sugar-free diets. And because they've been on high sugar-free diets for so long, they've, they, they've lost a lot of um, um, sugar enzyme enzymes that used to break down certain sugars because of that right so that's why i'm i'm a fan of cycling keto i personally cycle keto i would say twice a year for about a month month and a half okay right so that's how i look at being ketosis how that can be beneficial short term mm-hmm. now the flip now the other reason why being in ketosis short term i mean long term or carnivore diet that can help a lot with your health and 
if if you're if you have health issues, I recommend you work with a nutritionist or a registered dietitian to actually help you because I can't work with people who are diabetic, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. That's I'm not certified or licensed in that. Right. So I can't tell you, I can't tell you what to eat. I can just guide you. Mm-hmm. Now, when when you're when then you go on a high fat diet, a keto diet, that can help to lower inflammation and that can mm-hmm. help with your digestion. That can slow down the aging process, slow mm-hmm. down oxidative stress, because we know that the the um that our body our fats use a use a lower inflammation pathway, right? When we need to do through the digestion process. Now that may sound great. People might be like, oh my God, I'm feeling better. Keto must be amazing. Carnivore must be amazing. You're gonna have a better microbiome for the most part if you stop eating what you're eating and you go on a keto or carnivore diet. That happens quite often. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, you're going to have a limited microbiome. And that's the issue. I see what you're saying. So basically your 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 gut biome becomes so specialized towards certain foods that because nature is always lazy. You know, nature always seeks the path of of least resistance. Um and so essentially what you're saying is that your gut is going to transform into an environment where it's tailored to certain foods that you always feed it and it becomes unable or inefficient at doing anything else. Exactly. Mm. Now, we, exactly. Well said. I should have better in the way I said it. So you're 100% <clears throat> right. And so that so you have a limited microbiome at that point. Sure. Now, let's add on top of that, you have a limit. We, so we don't have enough diversity. Think of it as a rainforest, right? Mm. They say you have a rainforest and you have one or two or three different kinds of trees, right? I know I'm being a little um, dramatic, but let's say that's the case, like two or three different species. And something comes in and kills three or four species, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that rainforest is done for. There's right? nothing left, yeah. Right. Now, let's say you have a rainforest and you have 30 different species mm-hmm. of trees or plants, right? And something comes in and kills five or six of those, six of those, you still have a rainforest. True. Now, I, what, I what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Now, what can come in and destroy those trees, the rainforest being your microbiome? Antibiotics, mm-hmm. NSAIDs, medications that we take. So then now you have a limited microbiome, and then now you're taking all this medication, right, to destroy, destroying your gut microbiome, like basically dropping a bomb on your gut. Mm. You're, you're, you're base, and on top of that, once you do that, it does in and Dr. Stephen Gundry talks about this. It doesn't necessarily grow back the same. Now I don't right, want to. Yeah, right, right. That's so true. I I know someone who she lost like ninety percent of her um gut biome because of I think it was a virus or a bacterial uh, infection in her gut, and it was treated with uh, antibiotics for like one and a half years, which is I'm still convinced that that was the wrong way to treat it because that was too long, and uh, it's it's been five years and nothing's come back. Like she's still having to take like like supplement medication to just eat. Yep. And then on top of that, at that point, let's say with the keto example, you're having a hard time eating plants foods. So you may take probiotics and mm-hmm. that's going to help you some, but you're still going to be somewhat limited. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I mean, what I'm doing now is I'm easing back into it just by having like a salad every day for lunch, just to kind of get my body back into doing that. And, and I'm mixing up the different types of vegetables that I'm eating. But you're absolutely right. It, like, it's not, it's not a thing of, uh, I'll just eat this for a month and then it'll be back. It, it takes a while. 
It takes a while. And you know what? The preparation of the food is very important, especially mm. in your case, right? Sure. Because yeah. looking at sprouting, so we're talking about soaking, pressure cooking, sure. washing, though the preparation of the foods, because we know that foods have certain plant foods um, have uh, poisons in them. They can't run away. Yeah, sure. They have natural poisons in them. And what happens is our bodies can deal with it. However, if you take it out of your diet for a while and you start putting it back in, you're on top of the fact that you may have less amylase, then you also, your body's not accustomed to dealing yeah. with these poisons as well. So then the preparation is important. So in your case, the fact that you're doing it slowly and putting it back into your diet slowly, in addition to proper preparation, mm. that's going to help you. It may take you a year. Sure. It may even take you two years. Yeah. But when you get back to that point, when you have a diverse gut environment and a diverse microbiome, you're going to feel better. Would you advise for people who are, and again, I, this isn't medical advice on, on any level, but do you think that it is easier for people to sort of get accustomed to foods again by first reintroducing them in cooked form before eating them in raw form? Like for example, vegetables, right? Cause you can eat most vegetables in, in raw form, but um, it's easier to digest if you cook them before. Correct. Mm. Correct. And, uh, and also, uh, the, I'm sprouting them as well. There's like mm. different processes you can go online. And uh, I, Dr. Stephen Gundry actually in his book, his plant paradox has, uh, he lays it out really well of how to prepare foods to kill the poisons in them. So if you're, if you want to add, which I think most people should have, have a diverse microbiome and add more plant foods into your diet, read his book. I think this guy needs to pay me royalties, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> But read his book and um, and learn how to prepare your foods so you can start introducing that and then you can have a more mm. diverse, healthier microbiome. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, on the topic of people having to supplement and just people who work out do this all the time, right? Uh, supplementing with different uh, substances or different supplements. Um, because for me, there are only two real supplements that work fitness-wise, right? Um, what has your experience been? Because I know a lot of people take some of some like nonsense stuff, like, like carotene and BAAs, BCAAs. What, what is your opinion on that? That depends on the person. Okay. Um, I don't take essential aminos. I have, but mm -hmm. I really don't, um, on a, because I am, I'm a meat eater. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm more right. a meat eater than anything else. Um, in fact, I, my body breaks down fat very well, very easily. And that's through lumen. That's a different conversation, but, um, so I don't, I, I know do I'm, I'm a meat eater, but I eat organ meats. So I eat livers, oh, okay. kidneys, heart, tail, mm -hmm. you know, I'm basically a nose to tail eater, right? Mm. That disgusting story. I should ate a cow penis once. Hey man, that's dudes. People find that disgusting, but honestly, that it's just using all of the animal. Yeah. It is what yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the nutrients, I mean, nutrients yeah. are everywhere, but that were most of the nutrients. I had somebody on my show that broke it down the other day of like what the liver and kidney versus uh, um, a chicken leg and sure. the, the, yeah. the health benefits of, 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 you know, what, how much, um, many minerals they have mm -hmm. one versus the other, even versus plant foods. Right. Isn't there a risk though? Like, um, I'm not sure if it's just a wives tale, but um, my aunt, who comes from a family that were basically farmers, right? And they ate a lot of organ meats also. She once kind of told me that like kidneys are good to eat, 
except you shouldn't eat them too often because you do end up absorbing some of the stuff that you don't want in your body. I believe so. And that's why the diversity is important. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're going to make a switch like that, do talk to a, um, a dietary professional. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, good interest in everything. But I, yes, I do believe mm -hmm. there would be, there would be as well. And that's again, why diversity is so important mm -hmm. as humans, we're designed to, it's just like, it's, it's like the same thing. I had a, another story, a gentleman that told me he was a new client of mine. And he told me that he lost weight once because uh, he was on this plan and the dietitian told him to eat vegetables with every meal. Mm -hmm. And his veggie of choice was spinach. Okay. Now he ate spinach like for almost every meal. Now he got veggies with every meal. So it sounds amazing, but that's yeah. basically all he was eating, right? That's a lot of iron for your body, dude. <laughs> yes. And oxalates, right? So and, what and oxalates, yeah, true. Yeah. He ended up with kidney stones. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And now saying. he hates spinach, right? Mm -hmm. Now is spinach a problem? No. no, but you eat spinach for morning, noon, and night. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's kind of like um at my workplace, we recently had this discussion about substance abuse, especially part, like um, focusing on alcohol. And uh, the message in the end was like, look, it's not bad to like have one or two beers on a Friday night after working the whole week just to like sort of reward yourself or come down. The problem with, you know, having one or two beers is if you do it every day. <laughs> that, that's where the issue comes in. So I, I assume what you're saying is, is, is exactly the same thing. Like spinach is good for you. You just shouldn't eat it every day. Exactly. You need to have, you mm. need to have diversity and you need to eat the rainbow. That's why we say yeah. eat the rainbow, yeah. right? Mm. But that's where like the discipline and um, balance of everything comes in, right? Just moderate what you're doing. Yes, you can have good stuff, but you shouldn't have it all the time because that's going to screw you up as well. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff turns into good stuff turns into bad stuff at that point. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah. It's like, this is obviously very extreme, a very extreme example, but like, I know someone who drinks like what, seems to me a a kind of crazy amount of water every day like going on like six or seven liters and i was like dude i know what you're trying to do it's like good for you it's like, like it is good for you but water has a toxicity level as well my guy so like go, <laughs> go yeah, easy with such it. thing is overhydrating <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i call yeah i call it drowning yourself actually I had this conversation with someone yesterday we were laughing about that so you can drown yourself in water just so yeah. You know. yeah exactly <laughs> Oh, yeah. but to, to answer your question, just about the supplements piece. So mm. I think it really depends, right? So let's okay. say, mm. and this is just hypothetical, if you're vegetarian, right? Mm. Or you're vegan, you're going you're gonna to generally need to supplement more. That's just the, the fact, the fact of the matter. I'm, right? I, I'm happy that you bring this up because before you hopped on, Alec and I were also talking about this and like, I don't know a single vegan person who's been doing it for more than two years who doesn't have like at least 10 supplements a day. And I'm just kind of like, mm, I don't like do whatever you want. Right. But like, I don't know if that's like the way to go. Yeah. It's uh, and I don't knock vegans because I have a, uh, my, my cousin is a vegan, mm -hmm. right? Sure. And it's not for health reasons. Even though she's yeah. stubborn, I tell her she needs to supplement more, but you know, she's not listening to me yet. She's mm -hmm. kind of new to the whole game. She'll figure it out later. Good. Some um, either she'll figure it out or some medical thing's going to come up and she's going to have to do it. So <laughs> You know, right. So hopefully <laughs> yeah. she comes to me before then. Um, <laughs> but uh, she does. She she she's a vegan because she um, she lives in Jamaica mm. and they had a long just a short story. She had they have a chicken coop in the back. Right. Mm. And twice dogs came in and they ate the chicken mm. and she felt so bad. She was like, how are we better than the dogs? And mm -hmm. for her, it's a humane thing or animal rights. However you want to look at it. She just doesn't feel comfortable eating meat. That's right? fine. That's fine. Yeah. And if that's what you, if that's your, if, if you believe that and you, you know, I think of it as a, 
it's a food chain thing, you know, yeah. it's not a personal food chain yeah. and whatnot. That's how I look at it. But if that's how she feels, I'm okay with that. I can't not sure. what you believe, right? Yeah, absolutely. I understand that the things are going to come with that lifestyle. Mm, I agree. Uh, for, for me being someone who's a heavy meat eater and also have a diverse microbiome, I don't necessarily mean to supplement. The only supplements I would say I do take is uh, I do have energy bits, which are Mm -hmm. um algae and corella um in in my diet and also how i'm supplement with different types of fungi because mushrooms are most people can't cook mushrooms so i do get supplements that i use for my to add that diversity to my gut right okay so those are the two that i um do i get my mushrooms some real mushrooms and energy bits they have the corella and spirella and spirulina mm -hmm. right so get those in my diet because that's not something you're going to find in the stores right and that helps okay. the diversity of my gut i do also for lifters out there um, if you want to increase your, um, your growth hormones, which I have an article, no, an ep a short on it, actually episode that I did on it. But one of the things when it comes to supplement is after training, um, have a whey protein shake, but you want to add, um, um, creatine into it. That helps a lot with, okay. with, um, with mm. increasing your growth hormones. So that's the other thing, other thing I supplement with, mm. and that's about it for me. Yeah, those are also the only two supplements that I take. I take uh, whey and creatine. And um, I was also talking to Alec about this. I did a creatine cut for like six weeks, and I did. I like it was it hit me like a like a train. Like my performance dropped and muscle size dropped, and so man, I <laughs> yeah, I think creatine works. <laughs> it does, and it's yeah. been around. Creatine's been around forever. That's the thing. Like mm -hmm. it's it's not like those other supplements that are killing bodybuilders. Like creatine. Yeah. It's been around forever. And creatine is also found in meat mostly, of course. Yeah, but uh, red meats. Does yeah, help. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and even fish. So, and, and it does help. Uh, and But adding it, timing it after your workout really helps with recovery and strength. And that's why I always drink a shake. I time my workouts a certain way and I always drink a shake within an hour of my workouts. Mm -hmm. And then maybe later on I'll eat or whatever, but I need to get that instant protein and creatine in my muscles, which of okay. course, if you drink it later, Science would tell us that your body will still absorb it. Yeah. But yeah. I believe that your body absorbs it best post-workout. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, moving away a little bit from sort of the physical aspect and the nutritional aspect, um, there, there's been this topic that's been popping up on my, on my YouTube, like recommended for the past few weeks, and that's dopamine regulation uh, or like dopamine fasting. It's like this new um, trend, I suppose. Do you... Do you have any experience consulting your clients on that or, and what are your, what are your opinions on that? Dopamine fasting mm. or actually go ahead. Like, like regulating your, your dopamine in the sense of, um, I suppose the most popular example for males on this is like the, a no thing where you sort of try to regulate your hormone balance and dopamine response to by basically avoiding masturbation. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. That is not part of my area of expertise. Okay. Mm -hmm. I do can I can speak to it some though, um, reading regarding, um, dopamine, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we seek, it's, it really comes down to pleasure. Mm -hmm. We seek out things, uh, because we feel like we need to reward ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And the first thing you have to ask yourself is why do you feel like you need to reward yourself? Mm -hmm. That's the mental piece. That's the mental aspect of it, right? We always see, it's like, I've worked with people who, uh, who go on vacation, wants to go on vacation all the time. Mm. 
Mm. I'm not a big vacationer. I vacation once or twice a year. I go, I go for a week, sometimes two weeks. Like I went to Jamaica. I go for two weeks. I just want to have a nice one big long vacation, sing and play the guitar on the beach for a week. And I'm back to my business. Right. Same. But mm. some people want, they, they can't go work a, more than a month and a half or two months um, because they just hate their life so much. Right. <laughs> expensive hobby. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and then the same people complain. They don't have money. I don't how that yeah. Happens. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't right. have any money. Uh, you're on a plane like every three weeks. I has nothing, has nothing to do with that. Are you sure, dude? <laughs> I know. Right. I'm like, last time I checked, I know they get points, but I don't think their flights are free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, the first thing is, why do you feel like you need to reward yourself like that? And that comes down to your energy. Ben Greenfield mm-hmm. talks about it a lot. I love this guy. Like he always, he talks about, he posted something on Instagram the other day with his guitar. He, you know, um, sometimes I'll listen, I, I like to watch his lives because he'll just play a song and sing and he has a better singing voice than me. Mm. Um, I tried that, but my singing voice didn't come over as well. But anyway, <laughs> um, he, uh, he said in his post, with his, he had a guitar and said, when's the last time you did something for yourself that you love? Mm. Something that is just for you. Like I told you like last night, I know I should probably shouldn't say this on a podcast because I've you know, sleep quality is important, but I was listening, I was playing Hunker Burning Love by Elvis for like hours last night, just learning the song. Right? Man, all of us are human. And, you know, sometimes we do things that we know aren't good, right? But it is what it is. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm here to, yeah. I want to be healthy, but I also want to be happy at the same yeah. time, right? Yeah. Um, the next thing regarding that too is, uh, is how we eat. I have, I have conversations with people about that is a lot of time it comes down to blood sugar regulation. Okay. And when your blood sugar is spiking and dropping and spiking and dropping, right? When your blood sugar drops like that, you feel like you need something. And the other times you feel like you need to reward yourself. That's why all health experts now are talking about eating, about wearing a CGM to manage, mm. your, manage your blood sugar. Eat in a way that your blood sugar stays steady. So, you, you know, you eat like uh, protein, fats, and carbs in the same meal. Mm. But you eat protein and fat and fiber, sorry, protein, fat and fiber and fiber, usually veggies. That's why I have all my clients eat different veggie with every meal. Mm. And then you eat um, carbs as dessert because that can slow down your, instead of it's eating carbs by itself where it spikes your blood sugar, yeah. that keeps your blood sugar steady. Steady. When yeah. you, and that can slow down blood sugar spikes by up to 80%. I mean, mm. research, uh, we have research that says that now, right? So if you eat in a way where your blood sugar stays steady and your blood sugar stays constant, then you're less in a, in a you, you put yourself, you're less likely to put yourself in a situation where you feel like, oh my, I know I, I need this, I need that, I'm craving mm. that, I'm craving this, and I, and, I, and I need to reward myself, I need to do that because you're staying constant and you feel good. And also, when you do eat, let's say pizza or anything, you know, that may be quote unquote unhealthy, mm. you're, you're, you're more likely to eat less of that because you're you less of a craving. Mm, yeah. And probably what I assume to be a big factor in that is that because you're able to, when you're not eating those quote unquote unhealthy foods, you're able to, to regulate your blood sugar spike. When you go to those quote unquote unhealthy foods your body does the same thing because on a molecular level it's the same thing for your body exactly exactly and then and then also your body's busy kind of di- you know digesting all the stuff you eat yeah yeah sure but yeah it's definitely it's definitely true and you know if we just and that's why one of the things with my clients is when we talk about calories and we talk about that in the mm. beginning calories yes you need to be in a calorie deficit i think calorie deficit a slight calorie deficit mm. is important for longevity we all know that that's not that's not that's not groundbreaking science Absolutely. right i mean that's just basic what 
that's just basic in and what is going in, what is coming out math. That's like, that's all that it is. Right. Now it gets dangerous when you're like, you know what? I want to lose weight. Let's eat a thousand calories and burn 1500 or 2000 or something crazy. Then, you know, you're creating a problem. Yeah. But when you're when you eat in a slight deficit, mm. right? But yet you eat in that manner where your blood sugar stays steady, you're going to be way better off than if you seriously cut your calories trying to lose mm. weight. Right. I agree. And I agree. It's sustainable. And I that agree. limits cravings. And also that does help with your hormones, including yeah. serotonin and dopamine yeah. and yeah. having a diverse gut environment that we talked about earlier, diverse microbiome helps with that as well. Yeah. Cause it's more of a steady foundation and it's less of a shock to mm. the point where it's like, you know, it's like quitting a habit cold Turkey, like smoking. It's like, you can't just stop unless you really want to, I believe you kind of have to ease yourself off because mm. otherwise it's going to be a big shock to you. You're not going to be able to handle the cravings or the instances where like, Oh, I need to have like a cigarette or oh, I need to eat this. I need to reward myself as you say, and you're going to, go back to your old habits and it's not going to get any better yeah i mean some people have the, the that iron willpower where they're like you yeah, know yeah, what definitely. today's the day yeah. and that's it yeah, yeah but that's probably one out of a hundred right exactly <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah. the math yeah. is so i mean i know people who have just like one day taken that box like that pack of cigarettes thrown it out and just never smoked again but i also know people who have like tried to quit on and off for like seven years which is me and it just it doesn't work so like yeah you've you've you have to tailor it to the kind of person that you are. I agree. But another yeah. part of it would be like that mental aspect of you want, you need to want to do it as well. That's true. Yeah. Like, you know, if a client comes up to you, it's like they want to do something and all that, you can guide them as much as you can. But if they don't actually want to do it to the full extent that they say that they do, mm. nothing's going to change. Or at least they're not going to reach that potential that they want to. 100%. Yeah. If, if you want to, that's that's all I need from you. Yeah. Come mm. to me with the want. Now I'll let you know if I'm, if I'm not your guy. Like if you're ill and you know you, you have medical problems and stuff, I'm not. I I can't tell you what to eat and how to fix mm. a health issue, something like that, right? But if you want weight management, you want to learn about biohacking, you want to learn about lifestyle changes, things that you can do to get yourself to function optimal, then I'm your guy. And then on and what I always tell people is I have the best slash worst business model in the world mm. meaning i want you to want me enough so you need because you want you need to make a change mm. but after about six months you don't need me anymore mm. and I that's see, the, what you're saying. that's how the body because when, when we train the body the body eventually will start to crave healthy stuff you will start yeah. to want like for example working out after working out for a while you start craving you, you mm. want to work i have to tell my body to rest yeah. My body loves working out. I have to tell myself, okay, I'm going to take these days off mm. because I need to take these days off because my body loves working out. Yeah, Eating I think everyone kind of, sorry, I, I think everyone kind of goes through that um, attitude of when they start to get into working out and it gets to the point where if they miss a day, they feel like absolute shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and, and for me, it's not even like that necessarily. It's more of I, my, my, I enjoy it. Yeah. It's something that I just, it's, it's, it's like playing the guitar for me. So from, so it's like, I have to, my body, my body loves it. My body loves training. I'm about this rest, of course, but you know, so, and then all of that too, is I, I don't crave unhealthy foods. You know, I'm not saying, I'm yeah. not saying I don't eat pizza. I'm not saying I've never eaten fast food. Sometimes it's what I have available to me at the time, which is yeah. probably like 5% of my 
diet in the year, to be honest. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't crave those kind of things, right? I, my body, if you give me a steak and vegetables, I will tear that up mm. with no problems whatsoever. Give me some avocado dressing on that puppy. I will tear that up with no issue. <laughs> you give me some McDonald's and my body's like, I guess what? I got to eat this. Uh, what is this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because your body realizes like, oh, this is actually really good for me. I feel good when I intake this kind of stuff or I do these healthy things. Mm. And now you start to associate those different things with, you know, feeling good and what's actually naturally good for you, for your mind and your body. And so now, like you said, when you look at stuff like McDonald's or doing drinking out all night, you're kind of like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about um, Lumen. Yeah. So Lumen, are, I don't even remember anymore if they reached out to me or I reached out to them. I think they emailed me. But basically, uh, Lumen focuses on metabolic flexibility. Mm -hmm. um, it's a breathalyzer that when you blow into it, and when I say breathalyzer, people always kind of give me that look like, mm, okay, um, they're going to tell me if I'm drunk. But um, it's a breathalyzer where when you blow into it, it gives, it reads the CO2 levels in your breath. Mm -hmm. Based on the CO2 levels in your breath, it tells you if you're primarily burning fat or carbs. Now, okay. how does it do that? Well, um, if fat and carbs both go to the Krebs cycle, because carbs is our body's preferred source of fuel, unless you're in ketosis, which Lumen is not built for that. Um, your, your, your body's going to produce more CO2. Mm. If you're running on fat, your body's going to produce less CO2, which is basic science. It's the end of the Krebs cycle, right? Your body goes mm. to the Krebs cycle faster with carbs and fats. So if you're blowing out a lot of CO2, more likely you are a sugar carb burner. Now, the idea is this, you're supposed to burn carbs for energy, like mental energy and physical energy you're supposed to burn fat for, for rest so when i wake up in the morning and i blow into lumen it's supposed to tell me that i'm burning a one or a two I mean i'm primarily a fat burner. i mean i was sleeping i was burning fat some carbs but primarily fat mm -hmm. Car glucose for my brain so i can sleep well but fat for everything else or for mostly everything else however when someone is uh is uh wake up and they blow into lumen and they're burning a three, four or five, which is more sugars than mm -hmm. fats. That means that their body probably has not, does have sufficient amylase, right? I'm sorry, lipase. I meant to say fat, fat burning enzymes, right? Mm -hmm. And they have a lot more amylase. So they're sugar burners. So based on your readings, Lumen takes about two weeks for Lumen to kind of get used to your metabolism and your CO2 signature. Mm -hmm. And then once it gets to that point, it gives you a flex score. And that flex score is um, zero to 21. I've never seen anybody at zero. I don't think that's even humanly possible. The lowest I've ever seen it, I think was like a five or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, now, based on, if you think about it from the math standpoint, five out of 21 is an F, right? Yeah, 10 right. out of 21 is an F. 15 out of 21, now you're getting a D, you're getting to a C, right? Mm -hmm. I have people say to me, I have a 14, I must be doing good. I was like, no, 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 you're still at a C. We got to mm -hmm. build you up, right? Like I'm a 19.9 or a 20 point something on it somewhere. That's around really there. close. Yeah. Right. Lumen, Lumen hates me and he will not give me a 21. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's just, that's just I mean, there's always room for improvement, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but their nutritionists give you nutrition guidance to follow to where your body will then start to develop more lipase mm -hmm. or amylase is needed. Now go back to the keto example. I've had people who uh, come off, who will be doing keto because of just some 
caveat that when you buy Lumen and you purchase their products, the, you're, 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 in a, you're, at, you're added to a Facebook group. And right now there are 30,000 users in that group. Mm -hmm. And when people ask questions, like, and it could be sometimes like, am I working out correctly for how I'm eating? How do I improve my sleep quality? You know, there's things that we don't really know. And um, I'm one of the six um, group experts mm. who will answer questions. So I'm usually like the weight management, the biohacking guy. We have Maria, who's woman fitness and hormones and so on and so forth, right? Now, uh, I've, I've had people from keto say, I, every morning I wake up, I'm burning fat. So that must mean I'm metabolically flexible. I should be losing more weight, but well, I've sure, been, keto. I've plateaued. Right. But I said, yeah, you, you're burning fat. Your body has a lot of lipase. I mean, you're a fat burning machine. Mm. But you can't burn carbs well anymore. Mm. That's why you're gaining weight. That's why you're plateauing. Right. And I had uh, Dr. Um, Spencer Feldman on the show the other day who explained that with, even with lipase, our bodies will initially create a lot of lipase, but after it will just kind of level out. Mm. And that's why we plateau. Right. Because it levels out because your body is supposed to be diverse. It's not supposed to have an excessive amount of lipase compared to amylase or proteases or mm. so on and so forth, right? So anyway, so I said to him, I said, yeah, you're, 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 you're a fat burning machine, but your metabolism is not flexible. Just like it can be an excessive sugar burner, you can be an excessive fat burner. Mm -hmm. Over time, though, people realize that as they become, as Lumen cycles carbs and cycles fat and given a certain amount of protein recommendation. And it's also based on if it's for performance, if you're doing it for weight loss, doing it for strength, so on and so forth, right? You have certain tracks that you follow and they give you based on calories and also the macros that you need to get there and to develop that flexible metabolism. Now, I've individuals in the beginning that say, I can't, you know, I don't understand. They, they tell me I'm, I'm, they're giving me more food and I usually eat. I'm like, yeah, because you haven't been eating enough. Mm. You've been trying to starve yourself to lose weight, but you're actually not eating enough. So just give it time and your body will adjust. Now I've had years. I'm not serious. It usually takes a few months, depending on where you start. If you start at a five, it's probably going to take you like, like a year and a half or something mm. to get up to like somewhere comfortable. Um, but individuals I've known that started off, like say in the middle. So let's say 14. Lumen says 14 or 15 is good. I disagree with them. I mm. think that's a C. Good to me is 18, 19, to be honest. But, mm -hmm. um, but that's, you're getting somewhere. So people start 12 or 14. Within six to eight months, um, you should become a lot more metabolically flexible. And I usually start to realize that people have a score, and that's the numbers I'm calling now, 14, 15, 16, a flex score of, they say, 16, 17, 18. That's then they really start to see the gangbuster difference. Mm. Because they're like, you know what? I eat carbs, but I feel good. Mm. I eat protein. I eat fat but I feel good because when you're not made about fix, for example, if you're bad at breaking down fat, you eat fat, you feel lethargic. Yeah. You eat, you eat carbs. You start to fart all the time. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Uh, and you get gassy and all that stuff. But if you're metabolically flexible and you're eating the right foods, you eat food and you actually feel good. You don't feel tired and exhausted all the time. So that's why I'm a big fan of Lumen because it's the only product on the market that I'm aware of. And if, if it's not, it's the, definitely the first. Mm. That where you can, it gives you a reading of what's actually going on with you and me being a DNA based coach, like it speaks to what I do mm. is your reading of what's, what's going on with you and your body. And then they give you recommendations. And if you're uncomfortable with recommendations, you can even message something to one day nutritionist and say, Hey, why are you asking me to eat this many calories? 
I'm uncomfortable. And they will look at it. They may not always adjust it. But if, it, if they feel like they need to adjust it, mm -hmm. they will adjust it for you as well. So, and then you have a group of 30,000 people with six group experts who, have, um, who will guide you and help you as well. Okay. That's, that's pretty heavy, dude. That's, that sounds crazy. Um, so the goal of Lumen is basically to help people, to help guide people towards metabolic flexibility with what end goal in mind? Once you get to the point you're metabolically flexible, you can manage your weight better. Okay. Because mm -hmm. what you, I'm sorry, I know that was a long-winded answer because I was trying to get the whole thing in it. No if worries. you are, where if you, if you don't break down a particular macro pretty well, now I'm getting to the little biochemistries, mm -hmm. um, you're going to store it. Mm. Right. And if you store it, you store it how? In fact. Most likely it's fat. Right. So that's why when Sean Stevenson always says, when people say, if I eat fat, I'll get fat. That's like saying, if I eat blueberries, I'm going to turn blue. Blue. Right? Yeah. Mm. No, but it, you, the question you need to ask yourself is, do I have enough lipase to break down fats properly? Mm -hmm. Do I have enough amylase to break down carbs properly? And once you have that good balance, then instead of holding on to the food where you just say, you know what, I look at a piece of pizza and I gain weight. If I, if I go out there and I eat a half a box of pizza right now, I probably won't gain a pound. Mm -hmm. Not saying I would do that, but if I did, I probably wouldn't gain a pound, right? Because my body has the capability to do that because I don't eat like that all the time, but it has the temporary capability. But if you're always dieting, the moment and you're not focusing on improving your gut environment and your gut enzyme, you go there and you eat something that's quote unquote unhealthy, you gain two pounds because your body does not have the capabilities to break them down properly. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. By wow. the way, I don't know about the one, two pounds. I'm just making up those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, so what are some of the characteristics of someone who may not be, who may, who may be metabolically in, inflexible? If you're not metabolically flexible, um, couple, there are a few things to look out for. One, if you're, if you have a hard time gaining, um, losing weight. So if you're overweight, I'm going to assume two things. You're metabolically inflexible and you're more likely insulin resistant. Number one, mm. those are two things. Um, um, I had uh, insulin uh, expert, uh, uh, dietitian Emily Cornelius on the show, by the way, fantastic lady, really intelligent. I need to do a part two with her, but we talked about that. It's just, um, unless if you've been on a high fat diet, that's a little different, but if you, if you, um, so that's number one, if you, um, if you have a hard time um, losing weight, if you're overweight, you're more likely medically met metabolically inflexible because your body is holding on to the weight because you're not breaking down the foods or you're eating properly. Number one, mm -hmm. two is, uh, and this can come down to the quality of what you eat, but if you're like gassy when you're eating carbs, um, that could also be the fact that your body is not breaking it down well. So that's something to look at. Um, uh, another telling sign is if you feel like, <laughs> this is going to sound terrible, but actually the Jamaicans came up with this word. I learned this. I didn't know Jamaicans came up with this term. It's called uh, niggeritis, right? Okay. It's uh, if you, so if you have the itis is what they would say. I didn't know Jamaicans came up with that word. I'm Jamaican, of course, you know what I mean? Somebody's like, you know, Jamaicans came up with that. I'm like, really? I never heard that until I moved to America, but okay. And then I, we Googled it. I'm like, what the, okay. Okay. I said, that's how, we, that's how we're going to do this. So if you have the, um, if you have the itis, yeah, then, um, then, uh, you know, that's another sign because 
your body's having a hard time breaking down what you eat. Now, that could be from the fact that you overeat. So these can also be symptoms of other things, right? Mm. But it could be a sign of overeating. But more than likely, it's just the fact that you're just not metabolically flexible enough to break down to break down foods that you're eating. So those are the three big signs, I would say. Of, um, and also too, um, what have you been eating in your life? You've been eating the same things for most of your life. You're metabolically inflexible because the That's only true. way to get your body yeah. to be flexible is by introducing different foods so it can be diverse and create the enzymes that it needs. Sure. Yeah. So for someone who follows or who has been following the standard Western diet for all their life, right? What are some recommendations that you make that a person can easily implement right away that already by just doing those small quote unquote small things bring the biggest results first and dr steve gunja coined this in his book what you don't eat is more important than what you do eat okay for example when meaning that if you um by slowly taking things out of your diet Instead of focusing on, okay, what do I need to eat to get better? I need to do this. The food is food is medicine, yes, but it's not a pill. It's not, mm. it's not, you're not, you're not eating vegetables to feel better, right? It's just if you've been damaging your body for so many years. So start to take crap out of your diet. If you go to fast food three days a week, cut it down to two. Okay. Um, start adding in, start, start to find replacements. So I would say mm-hmm. find a replacement that's better. It may not be optimal, but it's better. Okay. Like for example, if I want fast, if I'm I want fast food, for example, right? Quote unquote, I may get Chipotle over Burger King. I see what you're saying. So yeah. some slowly moving towards the, the the better option overall. Exactly. So make so the first thing may be okay. Cut down how much how often you eat fast food. The next thing is find alternatives, mm. right? That are better. If you want a burger, make it yourself. Sure. Yeah. You know, if you want fries, use an air fryer and make your own yeah. fries. Those are delicious. Put some nice pink Himalayan Dude, salt on it. Air fryers, air fryers have changed like the way that I see quote unquote like fried food because sure, it's still not like the best way to consume, you know, for example, potatoes, but it's a lot better than dipping them in fucking hot oil and taking them out. Right. So <laughs> I've been sitting there for hours, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, you'll cook like five other things, and then you have some kind of reaction. And you're like, hmm, I wonder what. Maybe it's the oil that was cooked uh, in whatever they, whatever else they cooked in it, pork or whatever. Yeah, so just making those small, just, so just by taking out and then finding alternatives, those are gonna help you tremendously. And then you know what? Start adding vegetables into your diet. Okay, it's gonna sound silly, but you know, like you know, we talk about it all the time, but. You know, people, I don't like vegetables, whatever, but find veggies you like. When I first started reintroducing veggies in my diet, I became a big fan of beets. I ate too mm. many of them because mm. at that time I didn't know about metabolic flexibility, but, mm. or, or gut diversity. I was eating beets because I mean, my pee and everything was purple <laughs> 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 because I was eating beets. I was like, bring out, I, I mean, I was meal, you know, meal prepping go right. Like I'll meal mm. prepping right away. I was eating my beets like nothing. I just liked them. They kind of had a Swedish taste them and that mm. was my thing, but Really start introducing different types, you know, different colors of vegetables slowly and surely into mm-hmm. your diet, finding alternatives. And then, you know what? Start, if you can, drink teas. Okay. Teas are a yeah. good way to add diversity to your gut because mm-hmm. you can drink different types of teas and that can help to lower inflammation and take out as much as you can inflammatory oils, especially vegetable oils, seed oils, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? 
listen to the matter of mind of a pod, um, podcast by the way that's my shameless plug because we talk no about all these things all yeah. the time right awesome so, so that um, um and start to become start to move more i'm not yeah. even saying go into the gym challenge yourself look where everybody everybody has a fitness watch these days right yeah true how many steps are you taking if you're taking two three four thousand steps a day get your ass up and start moving yeah those are like, rookie numbers <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah those um, are my tips to get started very simple small things do you do you find yourself often advising your clients to start not completely removing but at least drastically cutting their carbohydrate in, uh, intake it depends on the person okay um if you come off keto it's a little different yeah um honestly i try to get all my clients to buy lumen okay um mm -hmm. because for one their 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 nutritionist can really give you you know um can, can work with you on a more it takes the guessing game out of it i don't have to try to figure out what mm. you've been doing what's happening which i can do that because i'm doing it long enough mm. but they can really break down to the to to what your body's actually doing so i usually say that you need to figure out where, where your metabolism is and mm -hmm. then work with it according and that's a little bit more advanced right um yeah. but working getting lumen and the website is lumen.me oh by the way my code zico health is a uh, zeco health it gets you uh fifty dollars off they do a special for me because i'm one of their group experts sweet and yeah we'll uh, get, put uh, it we'll, we'll we'll put it in the in the description of the episode yeah you get fifty dollars off their yeah. service every time you yeah. purchase it and uh but yeah i say do it because it will it, it gives you a really even if it's for the for six months you know and it's like a couple hundred bucks or whatever you spend and you invest in yourself and you don't do it going forward further but you you're getting it on the jump so you can understand what your metabolism is doing mm. so you have a baseline of knowing how to you know how what to do going forward okay i see what you're saying now uh i asked that question because what i like the number one thing i noticed here in germany is that a lot of people have like a super carb heavy diet as in like like 80 percent of of their macronutrients are just carbs and um you know people especially who work out and stuff they they very quickly fall into this pitfall of being like oh carbs are the enemy which they're not right but especially when you talk about your body burning sugar versus burning fat and carbohydrates eventually uh yeah sure um And uh, carbohydrates eventually turn into sugars, right? That's why my my question was if you often recommend, you know, getting off the carbs. But that's more likely. Just to say, add to that, that's going to be more likely the case is moving because more 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 people are sugar burners than they are fat burners. Mm -hmm. So that you're right. That's usually the case is cutting the carbs in the beginning. I see. All right. So well. Thank you a lot for coming on, dude. It was yeah, thank you. Yeah. honestly really informative, this uh, this episode. It's given me a couple of things I need to think about. <laughs> hey, that's why I hear, man. That's why I hear. I try to do my thing and spread the word. Awesome. Right, thank well, you so much for, for your time. On and love, we'd love to have you back. Obviously, we'll yeah. stay in touch. And yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm game, guys. I'm game. Yeah. Awesome. Cheers. Sweet. Thank you so much, man. You're welcome.